Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the 30th Psalm. Psalm 30 is a, uh, a song, as are many of the Psalms, and a dedication of the temple. And that 30th Psalm is not very long, it's only 12 verses long, but it says this, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord... You brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. 
What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the joys that can be had. We thank you for these trials. And uh, as many times have uh, come, Lord, that we did not wish upon ourselves, we sometimes found ourselves thinking of our own mind. But Lord, if we hand these burdens to you, place them at your feet and give them up for ourselves. We know that you can carry us through those tough times. And we thank you for those times, Lord, because it's as we are given trials by fire that we persevere and make ourselves mature as Christians and I walk with you more and more. Lord, we can feel your presence here with us this morning. So as we worship in your very presence, Lord, help us to know that uh, you are here with us. And we'll be sure to give you the glory and the honor. Amen. The scripture is found in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, said the king of, Is, uh, king of Aram. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The, leather that, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more, then, when he tells you to wash and be cleansed, 
So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all this world except in Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word.
Thank God for his boundless salvation and his ocean of mercy. The value of salvation is never more evident than at a time like this when we remember and think about Rita's promotion to glory. On Wednesday, January 21st, Rita and Michelle, sorry, Rita and Michelle were together celebrating Ron's mom's birthday, which was the next day. At um, Mrs. Kilbreth's house. And um, when Rita was called home to glory. What a blessing that Michelle was with her. Was there to see her mom being promoted to glory. Sent her off to her heavenly home to join Bud. And you know, it was just, what, six, seven months ago that Bud left us and was promoted to glory. And now, today, we know that they're together with the Lord. While we are going to dearly miss Rita, what a blessing to know that she's healthy and whole today. In a moment, the band's going to play a song, Promoted to Glory. And the fourth verse of that song reads, So when my latest breath shall rend the veil in twain, by death I shall escape from death and life eternal gain. Knowing as I am known, how shall I love that word and oft repeat before the throne forever with the Lord. What a promise we as Christians have, and what a wonderful way to put it is being promoted to glory. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you today with mixed emotions, because we're heavy-hearted for ourselves in knowing that we're going to miss Rita, but Lord, what a promise you've given us. And she's with Bud, the love of her life. Next to you, I just can't say enough, Lord. I just, I thank you. We pray for, for the family today for those that love and will miss Rita dearly. But we also thank you for the promise that we know that when we're Christians, that we know where we're going. We pray these things in your name today, Lord. Amen.
It's obvious I'm not John, for those of you that don't know us. He did hurt his back, and he is not doing too much. So pray for him, like Dr. Joe asked, because (laughs) he's got a lot going on, (laughs) and he needs his health. Um, Another thing before I start the message is um, Karen Jackson had asked me to ask for prayer for her sister, Janie. Um, On Friday, Janie had two strokes and is in the hospital, and Janie's young. And um, and it's, you know, this is Harry's daughter, Janie. She's up at Hurley. If anybody wants to drop her a card, it's Janie Dimmick. Um, But that's scary. I understand that it's okay, but, you know, she has some, you know, Not everything's coming out completely right when she wants to talk. So pray for Janie and the family. So if you'd open your Bibles to 2 Kings, my husband has all over the place 1 Kings, but it is 2 Kings, chapter 5. And this morning we're going to hop into the Wayback Machine, and we're going to visit Israel in about 846 B.C. Those were good cartoons, weren't they? For those kids that uh, most of them wouldn't, aren't in here that wouldn't know them, those are good cartoons. The Jewish nation has suffered civil war and is now divided into two nations, with the larger Israel in the north and the smaller Judah in the south. Each kingdom faces threats from hostile nations and is challenged to remain true to God. But up in the north in Israel... Things go from bad to worse as a succession of compromising and evil kings ascend to the throne. One of Israel's constant enemies during this period of time is Aram, or our modern-day Syria. As we open chapter 5, we're introduced to Naaman, the commander of Aram's army. He's a skilled warrior, but he's also a leper. Now, this is really interesting because in Israel, lepers were excluded from society. You know, they were, you had to yell, stay, you know, unclean, and people had to stay away from them and everything. But um, forced to live separately and everything. But not in Aram. Naaman, despite his serious medical condition, rose to the top leadership level in the military. One day, a captured Israeli servant girl recommended that Naaman visit the prophet Elijah in Israel to seek healing. In response, the king of Aram sent a letter to the king of Israel asking for Naaman to be healed and cured. So off Naaman goes with lots of gold and silver to pay for his healing. The king of Israel, suspecting that Aram is seeking to an excuse to launch an attack and fears that he's been set up until Elijah hears of this strange request, and invites Naaman to come to him. Let's pick up the reading in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elijah. Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. Naaman needed to be healed. He needed to be rid of this terrible disease that was slowly killing him, 
And now this supposed prophet and healer wouldn't even come out to speak to him. Instead, he sends someone else to tell him to basically go jump in the lake, to take a bath in the muddy Jordan. We continue reading verses 11 and 12. But Naaman was furious, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leopard. leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Naaman was ticked off. He had his own idea of how things should go down, and it didn't involve washing in the dirty Jordan River. If he wanted to do that, there were really nice rivers flowing through Damascus that he could go and wash in. Naaman was offended because this wasn't how he expected to be treated. He expected some kind of religious magic show, complete with the waving of hands, a prayer to some god he didn't believe in, followed by a miraculous cure. He's not so different from many people today who have no time for God until they get sick and want to be healed. Now, this encounter between Naaman and Elijah is a great story, but there's more to this story than what lies on the surface. Because you see, in the Bible, leprosy is used as a picture of sin or a type of sin. Maybe it's because it was just as leprosy first numbs and then destroys that which is living, so sin first numbs and then destroys. Just as leprosy is progressive and can spread to others, so sin grows worse over time and can be spread to others. Just as leprosy is eventually fatal, so is sin. In Elijah's day, there was no cure or even a treatment for leprosy. Leprosy was no small matter, so Naaman's servant approach him, servants approach him. Verses 13 and 14. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, these servants were pretty astute guys. They seemed to understand what their somewhat arrogant master missed. The power of God to heal was not based on what made human sense, but on simple, humble obedience to God. The biggest obstacle to Naaman's healing was his own pride. He didn't understand how dipping in the Jordan could heal him, so he got angry and he rejected his only hope of a cure. But isn't that just how many people react to the gospel and its offer of salvation? They feel sorry for themselves when they have to face the consequences of their sins, and they hope that by doing good works or following some religious ritual, or giving money to a charity, they can somehow appease God and take care of their sin sin problem. They don't like the guilt and pain that sin, sin brings into their lives. 
They want to feel better about it, but they don't want to humble themselves and seem foolish. They don't want to take that dip in the muddy Jordan. I mean, you know, they have their reputation to think of, their pride. But God's word says in Proverbs 16, 18, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride is a fertile ground in which sin grows. There is no way to deal with sin without first dealing with pride. If we stick to our guns and refuse to humble ourselves, we can't be cured and we can't be saved. We remain lepers. Naaman learned this the hard way. His pride almost prevented his healing. But after he humbled himself and simply obeyed God, he was a changed man. Verses 15 and 16. When he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant now. But he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman was a believer, but he still failed to understand that his healing was a gift from God. And as such, it was free. You see, you can't buy forgiveness from God. And he doesn't expect you to pay for it after you receive it. It's a free gift of his grace, an expression of his love available by faith and simple obedience. Let's end our reading with verse 17. Naaman said, If not, please let your servant at least be given two mules load of earth, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering, nor will he sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Naaman was a new man, but he was still ignorant about the ways of God. The two mule loads of dirt were actually an act of immature faith on his part. In pagan religion, it was thought that there were many gods. In every mountain and valley, every mountain and valley could have its own god, and that god could only be worshipped in its own geographical area. Naaman wanted the two mule loads of dirt so he could take the soil from Israel back to Aram and build an altar to the God of Israel and offer sacrifice there. Now let's go back for a minute and examine Naaman's initial reaction to the dipping in the Jordan. As you'll remember, he thought the idea was pure foolishness and he refused to go through with it. 1 Corinthians 1.18 tells us about this mindset when it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The gospel, the good news of salvation in Christ, is just foolishness to the world's way of thinking, as dipping seven times in the Jordan was to Naaman. But let me tell you, God has done this on purpose. Let's read on in 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through 25, and I'll be reading the New Living Translation, so it probably won't match up. As the scripture says, 
I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So here you have it. Salvation is as easy as pie. It's so easy that many reject it and substitute a man-made religion that demands some payment. But Naaman was cured of his leprosy, not by ritual or sacrifice, but through simple faith when he allowed God to be Lord. And it's no different for us. We don't dip in the Jordan or the Flint River for that matter, for that fact. No, instead we too must trust God with a simple faith that acknowledges him as Lord because only he has the power to cleanse us from our sin. The washing we experience is in the blood of Christ. When Naaman dipped in the Jordan, his skin was completely cleansed and restored like the skins of a young child. This morning I want you to know that the blood of Jesus cleanses all sin. He not only can cleanse us from sins, but from sinning. Through the blood of Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live clean and pure lives because God doesn't just clean the surface, but he does a deep cleaning. This cleansing is only available through simple faith. You'll never find it through the world's wisdom. So this morning I invite you to seek a full cleansing of sin in your life. I invite you to do a simple faith. I invite you to a simple faith that trusts God even when to many it may seem foolish. If you need your sins forgiven, then come and be cleansed. If you need the infection that produces sin to be dethroned, then come and seek a deeper cleansing. Don't make the same mistake that Naaman almost made. Don't let your pride cause you to miss the blessing. I come to you this morning as those servants came to Naaman, and I say, Had he told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you to wash and be clean? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the simple truths and the simple faith that you give us. I thank you for your love for us and for that certainty that we can know that you love us. So many people think it's so difficult to come to you and to be forgiven. We we think that we want to get rid of our sins first or we got to stop doing this or stop doing that. 
And the pure and simple fact is, Lord, you love us as we are, as sin-filled as we are, and you love us no matter what. And I thank you for that gift, Lord, and I thank you for the ability to be loved by you and to love you in return. We just praise you today and give glory to your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our striving cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Heavenly Father, it's just been a blessing to be in your sanctuary this morning and just to reach out and, and look to you for help and guidance in the problems of life We can just come into this sanctuary and leave them outside, Lord, and just come into your presence. And I just thank you for being here this morning. And as we leave today, I just, you know, the problems that face each one of us. And I just ask that you will go with us and help us this week to be a witness, to stand out boldly for you and to take every opportunity that comes our way to be a witness and to proclaim thy glory to everyone we meet. Amen. Join with me as we sing, All My Heart I Give to Thee.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.